The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. We have been in a series called All In, Advancing the Mission of God, and we have been getting encouraged as a church family around the idea of being God's people on God's mission in this world. We've been encouraging uh, one another to, to pray for people every single day that do not yet know Jesus. We've been encouraging each other to invite people into our homes so that we can build relationship and use our homes as a place for mission. We've been encouraging each other to be bold and to tell others about Jesus. And so this morning we're going to continue in this, in this story, in this theme of All In, Advancing the Mission of God. And I just want to start by just sort of, I just want to get a bit of a read of the room. How many people here have a favorite movie? Can you put up your hand? You have like, you could go, I know this is my favorite movie. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to say what it is. Danielle's is Titanic because she loves Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, now, you can ask her later the joke behind that story. Um, we all have like a, a few favorite movies, a few things that we love, and there are reasons why we like those movies. For some of it, it's the actors and the acting. For some of us, it's the theme and the storyline, the way things have been weaved in. Uh, I know I've got a number of friends who love cinematography. So even if, if the acting isn't super great, but there's this incredible cinematography stuff, they love it. There are, there are many different reasons. There are directors that we love, etc., etc., etc. There are many reasons why we love stories and we love movies. Uh, my favorite movie is called The Usual Suspects. It's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I watch it every couple of years. Um, I love it. Now, I don't love it because of the acting. I don't love it because of just the theme and the storyline. I actually love it because of the ending. Because if you've, if you've never seen it, or if you have seen it, you know you get to the end, and it has this sort of mic drop. It kind of has this suspension, uh, what just happened? And it makes you want to lean in again. And in fact, I remember watching, I watched it at the cinemas and I went back and watched it again because there were so many things that I'd missed out along the way that would help me kind of get to that end. And so that suspending moment, that crescendo of like, wow. We love stories. We love movies. In fact, there is a new thing that we have experienced. It's, it's, uh, it's changing. We are now debating whether we prefer movies or whether we prefer ongoing series with the rise of Netflix, Paramount, HBO, all the different things. There's tension now. People are debating now, do you prefer movies or do you prefer ongoing narratives? And what we're seeing is actually people are starting to shift to ongoing narratives. We love stories and we love stories that continue. So we want the next series. Stranger Things 4 is coming. I will watch that. Okay, I don't know, is that a good thing? I'm not really sure. Should I have said that publicly? I don't know. But I will watch it. Carly will not, but I will. And I believe the reason that we love stories and the reason that we love watching Netflix and different dramas and different sort of things is not purely cultural, but is in fact spiritual. That is, that deep within the human heart and the human soul, we have been made by a God who is ongoing, and therefore his story is continuing. And we feel a tension within our soul, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that says we want to be a part of a grand narrative, of a bigger story that continues. And we've been looking at that story. 
Shane kicked us off in this series, looking at that this is God's mission. So he went from Genesis all the way through the Revelation in about 28 minutes. It was incredible. And we kind of like, God has been on this mission. God is a missional God and he is calling his people to join him in that mission. Gareth then led us the week after that, finding a way to insert reciprocity into his sermon as he always does. Go back and listen to the podcast of every sermon he ever does. He finds a way to sneak it in there. It's there. Encouraging us that we would be the church, that we would be a light, that we would be inconvenienced by one another in a sense of serving and loving and giving up time and giving up money in order that we would be a community that lives in the city but is not like the city. And then last week, Dan Sweetman encouraged us and exhorted us in practical, individual ways that we can find people that are in our God placed us around in order that we'd bring the gospel to bear. And so I want to continue with this story. Are you with me? So we're going to be moving around a little bit in the book of Acts. So if you do have your Bibles and you're a quick flicker, go ahead. But if not, you can just point your eyes to the screen. The book of Acts is written by a man named Luke. And he's been sent by a bunch of people from Rome to go and explore this Jesus. And so he writes his first book called The Gospel According to Luke. And it ends like this. It says, and he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then after this, Jesus ascends and Luke ends. And then Luke writes a second book called the book of Acts. And in the way he opens in this book, he kind of continues, right? He says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. Verse 4, And while staying there with him, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What was that promise? That you would receive the Spirit of God. Powerful. But you, verse 8, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And Acts tells us that a group of 120 people make it to this upper room. They are filled with the Spirit. And then over the next sort of 28 chapters of the book of Acts, it starts to expound upon how the power of God working in the people of God, speaking the Word of God, starts to see the results of God in a culture that does not believe in Jesus. And you see this thing start to move. Acts continues with God's witnesses empowered by God's Spirit. Acts 2, 41 to 47, 41 says, Those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day around 3,000 souls. 247, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Acts 5, 14, and more than ever believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Acts 6, 7, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. 931, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee, see it's moving, it is going 
and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it, the church, multiplied. Acts 11.24, and a great many people were added to the Lord. 12.24, but the word of God increased and multiplied. 16.5, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. And 19.20, so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. In other words, the book of Luke He was focused on the descended Christ who would be on the earth and following his life, his death, his resurrection, and then his ascension. And now Luke was looking at all that Jesus did, all that he was, and now Acts is doing the same thing. It's still looking at who Jesus is and what he has done, but now it's in his ascended state. So now Jesus has risen and gone to heaven, sent his spirit, and now it's still talking about Jesus and all that Jesus does, but now it's in and through his people. Jesus is the hero of the story. Not Paul, not Lydia, not Priscilla and Aquila, not Silas, not Barnabas. Jesus is the hero of the story. Jesus continues to do Jesus' things by Jesus' spirit. Then you get to the end of Acts and we see Paul is on trial before Caesar and Acts finishes saying, verse 23 of 28 says, when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging, great numbers, from morning till evening, evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. So at the end of Paul's life, we're now in Rome, he's in a Roman prison and he is still saying things about Jesus. He is still on mission. He's in house arrest. He can't go out. He's been uh, put into quarantine and he's not allowed to leave the home and he's got to stay there. Uh, I don't don't think he had to wear a mask, but he still definitely couldn't leave the home. Uh, But he is still going, hey, listen, while I'm even in this home and I cannot leave, I'm still on mission. So others are bringing as many people to him as they can. Non-Christians, Christians that are Uh, Non-Christians that are Jewish, non-Christians that are Gentile. And then the book finishes with these two verses. Chapter 28, verse 30 says, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to these two words. With all boldness and without hindrance. So he's in this house arrest. And he is, if you read the story of Paul, he has experienced much persecution. He's gone through much hardship, yet he continues to be bold. He continues to tell people about Jesus. He has committed his life to follow Jesus. So we have this boldness, this spirit-empowered courage to speak the gospel, whatever the outward opposition, whatever the physical circumstances that come, he would proclaim Jesus because he's been transformed by Jesus. One of the most common prayers, if you read the book of Acts, is the prayer for boldness. It's the prayer that God's Spirit would give us boldness and courage. Why do we need it? Because we are not bold and we are not courageous. We are people who, by nature, are afraid. Boldness comes when we are freed from the love of human acceptance and praise. I don't know if you're like me. I don't know where you kind of fall on the Enneagram. I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I don't want to do anything that would put you out because I want you to like me. 
But I have to tell people about Jesus and sometimes that can put me in conflict with a person that I want to like me. I am by nature someone who fears and longs for human acceptance and praise. But Jesus wants to free me from that. Jesus wants to free you from that so that you would be free. Knowing that you are already accepted by the king of the universe. He approves you, is for you, has welcomed you, has adopted you. And now is sending you and me to be his people. To tell those who do not know yet Jesus that Jesus is good. That he dies for people and he raises again to give them life. Boldness comes when we are freed from the love of money and comfort. The Bible tells us that we will be here for a short time. That this life on earth, the Bible uses words like it's a vapor, it's a whisper. It's, it's, it's like the wind that just blows. It's, just, it's here and then it's gone. And here's what we won't do when we get to heaven. We'll never get to heaven and go, man wish I had a better car. We'll never go, man, I wish I had a better house with more rooms. As my kids grow, they wish we had a few more rooms. Yesterday, my, my daughter told me that I'm too poor to provide for her the acreage in which she would love to own and with all the homes and all the horses and all the cattle, but I'm too poor for her. And I thanked her for her encouragement. We will never get there and wish that we gained more degrees. We'll never get to heaven wishing we had gone to the beach more and had more weekends off. We won't do that. We will get to heaven and we will have only one thing that we may ask. Man, I hope someone told blah, 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 neighbor X, friend X, colleague X about Jesus. Man, I wonder if such and such is here, who I did tell about Jesus, invited into my home, but I never quite saw them come to faith. The only things we're going to worry about when we get to heaven is who is there with us. That's it. We're not taking anything there. Nothing. The only thing that comes with us there are people. That is it. And when we get there, we are going to look around and be like, man, God saved a whole lot of people. And now we get to worship with them for the rest of eternity. Boldness comes when we are freed from the fear of failure. See, while the Bible holds up that Jesus is the hero of the story, what it isn't doing is saying that you are nothing, that you don't matter, that you're insignificant. It's not saying that. The Bible kind of avoids both extremes of we being the hero and we being nothing. We're not going to get to heaven thinking that we failed because God will do what God does through his people. And he invites his people into this story. We realize that the gospel cannot be hindered. That maybe we can be hindered. That maybe we can be inconvenienced. That maybe we can be put into quarantine. But no way can you stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've noticed, but the church doesn't stop growing through COVID. I don't know if you've noticed that. Has anyone noticed that? The church continues to grow all around the world. In a worldwide pandemic, 
There are businesses shutting everywhere, schools and institutions shutting everywhere, but the church continues to advance because it is God's people on God's mission. So Luke in Acts, we are being encouraged to be gospel partners, that we would partner with God, coming together as one church with one mission to spread this one message about this one king named Jesus, that we'd make disciples, that we'd equip leaders, that we'd establish elders in local churches, and that we'd send planters and send missionaries to continue to advance the mission in this world. In other words, episode whatever is coming next. The story continues. Season whatever we're up to is now playing. And you and I have been invited into the episode that we're currently in. And yes, we will be off screen at some point and Jesus will remain on stage, but we're currently on screen. This is our time in our age, in our city, in our moment to be used by God for his purposes. Amen? And we join in this story that continues from Acts 1.8 that the, these people were called to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of, uh, of the earth. Don't know why I struggled with that, but I did. Uh, Acts 2, we saw that Peter preaches the gospel. 3,000 people respond. Peter and John continue the work of preaching, performing miracles. And in a few months, 5,000 more people find life in Jesus. In AD 31, Stephen gives an impassioned sermon leading to his stoning. And at his stoning, a man named Saul is sitting there holding the coats of those who are throwing stones against the church, hating Jesus. And in AD 34, Jesus meets this man on a road to Damascus where he is about to get as many Christians as he can and put him in jail and do as much harm as he can. And Jesus changes this man's life. And Saul becomes convinced that he was wrong, that this Jesus really did die and really did rise for him and he truly is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he follows this Jesus. In AD 44, King Herod Agrippa executes James. Believers are scattered and Antioch becomes the center of gospel multiplication. This is where Paul and Barnabas go out from in their first missionary journeys. In AD 80, because of persecution, Christianity continues to spread to France and Tunisia. 20 years later, the first Christians are reported in Algeria and Sri Lanka. By AD 150, the gospel reaches Portugal and Morocco. Austria in AD 174, then Switzerland and Belgium in AD 328, it reaches Ethiopia. Nearly 200 years later, Augustine of Canterbury goes on a missionary journey to England. He baptizes 10,000 people in his first year. In AD 635, China receives its first missionaries. AD 740, Irish monks bring the gospel to Iceland and Norway. In AD 900 to uh, AD 1200, the Bible is translated into 22 different languages so that more people can hear about God. In AD 1491, Congo has its first church, then Kenya. Pope Alexander VI sends missionaries to the US with Christopher Columbus. AD 1531, South America has its first mission work in Mexico. AD 1550, John Calvin sends missionaries to Brazil. In 1606, 
the leader of an expedition, his name is Pedro Fernandez de Quiroz. It's all about Jesus being the hero, isn't it? He landed around Vanuatu and believing it to be the fabled southern continent, he named the land Australis de Espirito Santo. Yeah. Meaning the southern land of the Holy Spirit. The permanent presence of Christianity reaches our shores of Australia with the arrival of the first fleet in 1788. The Reverend Richard Johnson of the Church of England was licensed to chaplain that fleet. And on the 3rd of February, 1788, he conducted the first ever Christian service that we know of in Australia under a gum tree preaching from Psalm 116 about the goodness of God to over 1,100 convicts, soldiers, and settlers. And they started building the first ever church building. Early to mid-1800s, free settlers began arriving in Australia, continuing to spread the gospel. 1822... First congregational church was established in Tasmania, 1838. The Lutherans came, Salvation Army established in South Australia. Eventually in the mid-1800s, revival breaks out both in the Caucasian and the indigenous population of Australia. Just been learning a lot more about the indigenous history of Australia. There's a really, really great book called One Blood. I encourage you to read it. So many revivals throughout the indigenous people of Australia. 1890, the gospel spreads to Brisbane in the late, in the late, mid to late, I'll say, and early 2000s, a whole bunch of people were born. That would be you. Because God wanted you to be here for such a time as this. On July 3rd, 2016, a small group of people committed to replanting a church in Northlex. We had our first ever service in North Lakes, July 3rd, 2016, in a place now called the North Lakes Hotel. And no one would listen to me preach. They would just look out the window and just look at the lake and enjoy it. You ain't got no lake no more. I put walls all up around just so you got to look here. January 2017, the church outgrew that place, went to a cafe at the medical precinct in North Lakes. 2018, we grew out of that. We went to the CBD building and started doing church there. 2019, we planted our first church up to Calandra. We raised $70,000, sent 12 people up there to plant a church. That church, by March that year, outgrew the home, started meeting in a community center. In the year 2020, the pandemic hits the world. We all have to go online. This church was online for nine months. We came out of the pandemic. Both churches had to go and get new buildings because they grew. Are you picking up what we're putting down? God's church is going. It is moving. We are not stagnant. We are not trying to survive a pandemic. The church is advancing. The kingdom of God is advancing. And God is saying, come, be a part of that story. Give your life to this story. Enter the stage and play your role. Come and join this church and other churches around the world on mission. Our church, again, just to celebrate some of the things that God has done in here, we have supported multiple churches during our few years. Liberty Church Carrara, we helped get off the ground. GraceNet Community Church in Wellington, we have financially supported. Redeemer Fellowship Church in Taronga, New Zealand, we've supported. Liberty Church Coomera, 
Gold Coast, we have financially supported Disciples Church Springfield. We've financially supported Renewal Church. Johannesburg, we've financially supported. We've sent missionaries to Thailand. We currently support the Paxes in the Ukraine, the missionaries over in the Ukraine. Church, we're on mission. And we are on mission here and we're on mission everywhere because the mission is to the ends of the earth where people do not know Jesus, have never heard of Jesus and in contexts like ours where people have heard about Jesus but need to be retold the story because the one that they've been given is not the true story. So as the band come up, I want to encourage you, join us in playing our part in advancing the mission of God in the world. How can you do that? Well, one is, as Gareth said, being a part of this church family. And we, we've got people here from other churches and we encourage you to go to your church family and continue to be a member and a, a great part of that church family. We celebrate churches all over. This is just our story. There are hundreds and thousands and thousands of churches all around the world with similar stories. We are not the church, we're a part of the church. But if this is your home church, become a part of it. Find people that God has placed around you. Go back and listen to Dan Sweetman's sermon from last week and think through who God has uniquely placed you around so you can build relationships, invite them into your home and then give them the message of Jesus that he died for them and he rose again because he loves them and he wants to bring his kids home. Would we be a people that are bold? But also, as you see at the end of that verse, the last words are without hindrance. In other words, Paul can be chained. The gospel cannot be. Doesn't matter how much persecution comes to the church, it keeps spreading. Doesn't matter how many times people try to wipe out the Bible, it keeps getting translated and spreading. Doesn't matter how much stuff comes against the church of God, it cannot be stopped because it is God's people on God's mission by God's Spirit. So we cannot fail. We can't. We just join Him in what He is doing and we get to play a role. And church, when we get to be with Jesus in glory, we will say, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for bringing me home. And thank you for bringing all of these people. Thank you for inviting me into your eternal, infinite story that is just ongoing. Thank you for helping me to push aside comfort, push aside greed, push aside materialism and say, no, 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 I don't want to give my life to that. I want to give my life to the mission of God. And we can look back with no regrets. God, thank you for being who you are. Amen. I'm going to pray. We're going to lead into a time of, of singing. And I want us to sing loud and rejoice because we are a part of this story. He has saved us and rescued us. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, Jesus wants you to know that He died for you and He rose again for you. He loves you. He wants you. And He ain't going to quit pursuing you. So give it over and follow Jesus like many of us are doing in this church. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church located in North Lakes. 
We exist to make, mature and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecenterchurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others, but please do not edit or alter the content in any way without the written permission from the leadership of LCC.